Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 113, What is Your Endgame? It's April 19th, 2023. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, and so on. I also happen to be a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved, even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any way. My music is by Howie Moscovich. What is your end game? We don't talk about end games, so let's dive in. I think this will be interesting. If you happen to be new to my content, I hope you will visit my website at www.lisaalundy.com and enter my current giveaway because that would make me happy. Next up is my disclaimer. I am not a therapist, I am not a healthcare professional, I am not in the therapy or medical community in any fashion, and nothing that I say in my content, in my podcasts, or in my YouTube videos is intended to be medical or therapy advice. It is not intended to be medical or therapy advice. Now, if you happen to be listening to this podcast and you are feeling hopeless or suicidal or that your life has been too hard for too long and you're thinking about harming yourself, I am asking you to stop and call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. What I'm asking you to do is I am asking you to tell people that this is how you're feeling. I am asking you to take advantage of the help that's available and let people help you because there is help available. My next piece is for the deaf and hard of hearing community. I currently have transcripts for my podcasts uploaded to the rss.com platform. And within an hour to three or four hours of a new podcast being uploaded, to my hosting platform, a transcript will be generated. Uh, eventually, as soon as we can make it happen, I will have transcripts for my podcasts also available on my website. Currently, that's, that's not the case. We're working that out. The other piece for the deaf and hard of hearing community is I am working diligently to improve my speaking and speech. I am working on my pronunciation in order that the transcripts are more valuable for your use. I beg your patience and indulgence. I am trying to improve. So what is an endgame? Well, the dictionary definition, one of the dictionary definitions for endgame is the ultimate agenda or desired consequence of a planned series of events. And that's the definition that fits for this podcast. The ultimate agenda or desired consequences of a planned series of events. 
we don't talk about personal end games very much, or, or for the most part. It's just not the thing that rules the day in terms of life conversations. People are struggling to get through the day, and an end game is something that is very remote for too many people. And I have compassion for life being hard, and we'll, I'll address that a little bit later on. As far as society goes, though, we've had many end games that are out in the world and things that we do talk about. So I want to give you some examples of some societal end games. We are currently and have been forever working to eliminate social injustices not limited to, but including poverty, homelessness, fraud, crime, etc. We have been working for some time to end discrimination and bring about inclusion, which does fall under the social injustices. We have been making efforts to end suicide. We have been working and making efforts to improve mental health and physical health. So those are a couple different areas where we are spending money, we have designated programs, and we as a society are in action to bring about change. My question is, well, how is that going? I have been watching these areas for a long time, and in my opinion, the numbers are not going in the correct direction. We are not on the proper trajectory for our end games. We're not making progress, and I have some ideas about that, of course. So let me share my end game. So you get the idea. So we have societal end games. They are what they are. You can look up the suicide rates. It's not going down, people. You can look up obesity, mental health problems, more people require prescription drugs. We are not, in my opinion, going in the right direction. So what is my end game? Well, outside of having a great man in my life, which if you've been listening to my podcast, you might be thinking, mm, she's been talking about that for a long time and it hasn't happened. Well, don't worry. It will, it will come. And outside of nurturing my children and spoiling them, those are pieces of my end game. But what else? Well, I love spending time with my friends and socializing and enjoying hobbies. But I actually also have an end game, a wish list, a desired set of results for humanity. And this is humbling to me. And it's bold to to share this with you. (laughs) You might be thinking, oh my gosh, this, this woman is crazy. Well, no, I'm not crazy, but I am a dreamer, and I am a big thinker, and I am one to go after big dreams. Why not? So here we go. So this is a list of, uh, I think, 20 of my wishes for humanity or my end game for humanity. Number one, that people feel loved, well-loved, deserving, and have love and affection in their lives in abundance. Two, that people have happiness separate from their circumstances, separate from their situations, and are actively generating their own happiness 
despite whatever is going on in their lives. Three, that people have migrated into rational thinking. Four, that people have grown their emotional abilities and have moved up on the scale of emotional intelligence. Five, that people have grown their muscles for self-compassion and are embracing their imperfections and have the ability to laugh at themselves, which is quite fun. That people have taken back their power and are actively engaged in living their best life bit by bit, day by day. That people are peaceful because they have learned to be present and to control their own mind, thoughts, emotions, and behaviors. That people have a genuine appreciation for themselves, for what they have been through and who they are. That people have healed from any traumas, pain, wounds, hurts, and have used those painful things to improve themselves and move forward. That people have embraced psychoneuroimmunology and understand that their mind and their body are deeply connected. That parents are raising their children, providing an abundance of love and affection to their children, and they are making their children be nice to each other. That people are healthy, vital, and feeling joy and optimism about their future. That people have the freedom and self-compassion to make mistakes and get things wrong and give others the freedom to make mistakes and, and get it wrong. That people have learned assertiveness skills and abilities. That people have healthy boundaries for themselves. That people have been woken up to their own potential to their own beauty and are inspired to step into a brand new day. That people have the courage, the bravery, and the confidence to create the life that they want and to go after what they want in life. That people have a teeny tiny bit of knowledge and understanding of basic psychology, giving them wisdom, giving them power, and giving them compassion both for themselves and others, that people have empowering attitudes and beliefs about themselves, about their life, the world, and others, that people are highly functional in their lives. That's my wish list. That's my dream list. I am extremely aware that that's a tall order. Yet, I am the quintessential dreamer. Yes, I am a dreamer, and I know I'm a dreamer. We also happen to know that I have emotional intelligence, rational thinking, and I am very good at putting together plans and executing visions. This is my vision. And I understand that some people might just find it the most laughable thing in the world, and that's fine. I have done things in the past that people said could never be done, would never work, and they were done, and they did work. So 
as we look at end games, I think it's important to bring up the fact that many people listening to this podcast are so deeply up against it and struggling immensely to get through the day, to get through the week. They are struggling immensely. So they cannot possibly begin to think about their own endgame. I understand that. And one thing I would assert that's not helping people who are struggling is that we are not openly talking about some of the reasons why people are struggling. We are not openly, as a rule of law, talking about the adverse childhood experiences testing. We are not openly talking about dysfunctional families and mistreatment or bullying by siblings. We are not talking about betrayal trauma. We are not talking about trauma responses and trauma bonding. And, and people are struggling. How could they possibly catch a break if they're deeply wounded and they don't understand it? And to, to throw gasoline on the fire, we have people who are in whatever position they are in telling people that if you're being treated badly, it's your fault. If you have X or Y happen to you, it's your fault. And, oh, you don't need to have happiness because that's stupid. Or, oh, the only thing you need to know in life to have a great life is how to identify, create, and establish patterns. Where are we talking about love? Where are we talking about love and affection? Where are we talking about the power of rational thinking? Where are we talking about emotional regulation, emotional intelligence, and the difference that would make in everyone's lives or or your life? Where are we talking about the most significant elements that would help people? It seems to me as if it's a big missing. And I do understand that there's shame and embarrassment and denial around trauma and around dysfunctional families, families of their origins. But what I know is that when I work with someone or I talk to someone out in public even, when people begin to understand that the reason that they're organized or wired the way that they are is likely because of their childhood or because of some incident or situation in their adult life, they have a sense of enormous relief. They are now privy to the fact that it's not their fault that they have low self-esteem or it's not their fault that they have irrational thinking or it's not their fault that they don't have any coping mechanisms or they don't have emotional regulation skills. People get freed up because they're not being blamed for something that no one ever taught them and no one ever showed them. If you grew up in a family without boundaries, it's unlikely you'd have boundaries. So there's a huge relief when people begin to understand, oh, 
I could have a different life if I had some emotional skills. Oh, I could actually flip the switch on my emotions in a moment and boost my feeling. These are not things that are out there commonly in the world. And what I assert is that if we just took one item from my 20 item wish list for my end game, say for example, we just put love and affection, really an abundance of love and affection into the lives of 20%, maybe 30% of the population, the world would change dramatically. I assert if we took something like, say, rational thinking, and we moved 20 or 30% of the population from irrational thinking into rational thinking, it would be a game changer. It doesn't take my whole wish list, my end game, to change the world. It takes one small thing. Of course, it will take a te- will take a team of people, a lot of people listening to my podcast going, hmm, she's had miserable stuff, she's had all the traumas, and she has this miraculous life. Hmm, maybe I could have a miraculous life, even though I've also had traumas, or I've also been abused, or what have you. Because yes, now one of the sad things, really sad things that breaks my heart is that we have in society a number of people who have no one standing for them. And when I say we have people and no one is standing for them, they don't have a cheerleader. They don't have a champion. They don't have mother love to envelope them and care for them. They haven't felt well loved and they they haven't felt tenderness and love and affection. That's one powerful thing to bring forward. And I want you listening to this podcast to know I'm standing for you. I'm committed to your well-being. I'm committed to your success. I may not be your mother, um, but I'm here for you because you can do this. I know that you can, even if up till now, no one has stood for you. I have this immense love for people. It's just the way I am. It's how I'm organized. It's also one reason people hate me. If you're going to hate me because I'm loving and affectionate, that is really your problem, people. That's not my problem. But I have immense love for people and the human condition and the situations and events and traumas and pain that cause people to fall down the rabbit hole. And then they cannot figure, how do I extricate myself? How do I get myself out of this? So as I move into... so. Listen, that's my end game. Now we're going to talk about your end game. So for too many people, sadly, too many people, your life has been too hard for too long for you to think about an end game. And that's okay. And even for some others of you, that's not a true fitting, that statement doesn't fit you. But for some of you right now, you're dealing with a problem or an issue, or you might be in... Uh, an abusive marriage or relationship or family. You might be grieving the death or the loss of a loved one or the loss of something else. You could be a caregiver. You could have a special needs child or special needs adult. 
You could be unemployed or underemployed. You could be going through financial problems. You could be going through a divorce or breakup. You could feel that you are just unworthy, undeserving, and you could be self-loathing. Those are all things that I put into a category that I call up against it. If any of those things are going on for you, in my opinion, you are up against it. And there are many times in life when we as human beings are just simply up against it. We have a major life challenge or we have a situation and it's painful and difficult. All of those things that I just listed are extremely difficult and extremely painful and, and problematic. When you are up against it, in my humble opinion, it is like you are in a burning building. And I don't know how many of you have had the privilege or luxury or advantage of having training by fire personnel in their burning buildings that they have all over the country. I, I did have that privilege when I was young. Oh, it was, it was very, very educational and memorable. But when you are in a burning building, which could be, again, because of a number of situations outside of your control or under your control, either way, the people who are outside the burning building sometimes are the ones who can be the most helpful. At least that's one of the takeaways from the burning building training is people outside the building can see the whole building. They can see what part of the building is on fire. They can, you know, if you go to a window or they could pinpoint where you are, they can help direct you to the closest exit point or the closest way to get away from the fire. I mean, that's one of the pieces of being in a burning building is if you're in a building that's burning, you might not know where the fire is. You might not know the location. It could be above you. It could be below you. And the point is, it when you are up against it, sometimes it is people who are outside of you, who are outside of the burning building, that can provide support, that can provide guidance, that can provide, you know, all kinds, they can provide all kinds of things. If you happen to be in the up against it scenario, it is likely, extremely likely, that it's impossible for you to think about an end game. At the same time, if you're going through a divorce or breakup, or you happen to be in an abusive relationship or an abusive marriage, thinking about a future end game and creating a vision for your life could be one of the things that pulls you forward. It could be one of the things that gives you hope and gives you inspiration for a better day. My request is, regardless of where you are, that you do not engage in beating yourself up or being hard on yourself in this conversation about having an endgame. Beating yourself up or being hard on yourself is the most normal, typical, natural, and common thing, in my opinion. I do have a podcast about it because it seems universal. It seems to me to be a universal thing, although I can't say if it is or not. I should put that on my 
Gallup poll wish list. They could do a Gallup poll on how many people beat themselves up or would admit to it in a private poll. I, I have quite a wish list for Gallup polls. I haven't done anything about it and I don't plan to do anything about it. My point being that there will be times in life where life is too hard and you simply have to get through the day or get through the moment. But the vision, the overall vision is, as you begin to take on your life, then you can get to the point where you can create this beautiful, amazing end game for yourself. Because that's, that's what I want. You want to have an amazing life. And that's not how life is for the majority of people. It doesn't take how many statistics do we need to cover to say, yeah, that's, life is not really going well for too many people. For too many people, life is hard and life is a struggle. So wherever you are about it, at some point, you could engage in the idea, hmm, what would I like the end game of my life to be? Where am I headed? What's the direction I want to take? And then what actions is it going to take me to get there? So my next little piece, before I give you some suggestions of things that will help you move into having an end game, is to not, do not let anyone ruin your life. We have out in the world people who I call soul crushers. I, I've had a podcast called about soul crushing that's been ready for quite some time, but I haven't done it. Uh, there are literally people out in the world, sadly, tragically, that all they want to do is ruin your life. They want to extinguish your light. They want to crush you. These are, by the way, abusers, narcissists, sociopaths, and psychopaths. These are not mentally well people. They are mentally unwell. And they are out in the world, unlabeled, and they go about creating havoc and trauma and damage everywhere they go. They're not good people. And sadly, sometimes they really do a lot of damage on people, which I am not a fan of. So here's my number one rule. No one... No one gets to ruin my life. If my life is ever going to be ruined, I am the only one who is going to do the ruining. That's me taking my life and being in the power position for my life. I will refuse to give anyone else the power over my life so they can ruin it. Now, that doesn't, mean, that doesn't mean that someone didn't try, and that doesn't mean that someone didn't steal all my money and leave me with a lot of debt and be wickedly abusive, but I'm happy, I'm healthy, I'm well-loved, I just have this amazing life, so ha-ha, I won. You do not give anyone else the right or the privilege or the ability to ruin your life. And what's going to be helpful if you have the misfortune of having a psychopath or a sociopath or a narcissist or the general category of abuser in your life, what's going to be helpful for you is to grow your own skills and abilities because that will give you 
armor that will give you a shield. That doesn't mean it won't be painful. If someone's trying to ruin your life, it will be painful. Trust me, it will be deeply painful. But it doesn't have to break you. It doesn't have to crush you. And the thing that's going to protect you is having skills and abilities. So my last piece here is really a little list of things that will help you move from wherever you are to having an end game in the future. So the first thing is rational thinking. We have in society, from what I can tell so far, somewhere between 50% and a very high percent of people who think irrationally. I'm still sorting out the research to come up with a number that I feel comfortable with. I'm not comfortable with any number at this point. I've read up to 90% of people are irrational. I'm not, I'm just not buying that right now. But regardless, you as a human being want to have rational thinking because what irrational thinking means is that you are looking at life through a distorted or warped view. It means when you have irrational thinking that your thinking is flawed. Rational thinking is available to everyone if you take the intentional actions to begin to chip away. First of all, you would identify if you have irrational thinking, which typically is referred to as a cognitive distortion, and there are somewhere between, you know, 17 to 50, depending on whose numbers you believe and what you believe. There's a lot of them, and they're extremely common. But the first thing that would be wildly help you, help you in life, is to bring rational thinking into your life. And if you go listen to my podcast on cognitive distortions, or you just go look it up on the internet, this is something you're not stuck with. You can change that. You can, with intentional actions, get over that. So rational thinking is will help you, whether you want an endgame or not, rational thinking is very important for you. My second suggestion on this list is to learn to flip the switch on your emotions, which is very valuable. I have a Newsweek article on my newsweek.com. If you Google me on the Newsweek expert forum page with my name, all my articles will come up and I have written about it and done videos about it. Flipping the switch on your emotions where you take an intentional action when you're upset or sad or something distressing has happened to you take an intentional action to boost your mood. And when you do that, you are taking advantage of neuroplasticity of the brain. You're giving your brain a break, a, a temporary distraction. You're giving your subconscious and unconscious mind a moment to begin to process whatever was going on. And you are learning to build emotional regulation skills. And on top of it, you will feel your, your mood will be better. You'll boost your mood. That's a little stopgap technique that you can employ, even if you're sitting at a desk at work or if you're on the job, 
it can be done. My Newsweek article gives you lots of ideas. Um, but flip the switch on your emotions. My next suggestion is happiness skills. I am not talking about being happy because of how much money you have in the bank or your relationship or where you live or your house. I'm talking about happiness separate from your circumstances, separate from your situation, separate from the role you have in life or your job. And you can learn to generate your own happiness separate from your circumstances. And that skill is phenomenal. It's amazing. My next suggestion is that you make sure to bring love and affection in abundance into your life. It seems to me that love and affection is a big missing in the world. And you will change your own life if you will go through the steps to bring love and affection into your everyday life. My next suggestion is called, is, is be present. When I say be present, another current word or terminology for it today is to be mindful. And that is when you learn to control your mind, which is actually my next suggestion. And many, many people don't have skills to actually be in full control of their mind. The more you grow your emotional abilities, that is going to help you. The more rational you become, that will help you. Everything I'm talking about will help you. But learning to control your mind is something that has been done and written about, quite frankly, since the beginning of time. I do have a podcast about it, but it's, it's dramatically freeing. Because you can step away from negative thinking, brooding, ruminating, catastrophizing, overthinking, and actually learn to be present and control your thoughts, your, your emotions, your behaviors, your whole life. My next suggestion, which should probably be number one, but I don't have it as number one, is self-care. Self-care is amazing and you will feel better. And this is something I strongly suggest you make part of your everyday life and make it fun. You will look better. You will feel better. Your health might improve. I mean, it depends on what you need to do with self-care, but it's likely you will get significant benefits. My next suggestion is life is way more fun when you have friends or you have buddies or you have a team, I would just invite you to grab a buddy or build a team and go on the most miraculous, fun, hysterical journey of growth and development because of course, of course you want to have an amazing life, don't you? Yes. Everyone wants to have an amazing life. Well, except for people who are the victims or the martyrs. They, they don't actually really want to have a good life. They, they are too committed to the role of victim or martyr. But the rest of us, the rest of people, which is more people, do want to have a good life. So grab a buddy, get a team together, 
get together for dinner or drinks or coffee or at the park and start having fun start creating this from nothing let's let's name our team even if it's just you and a buddy then you can be the dynamic duo or you could be batman and robin or you could be whoever you want but make it fun and take people with you because you can use those people to to give and receive love and affection my next suggestion will be difficult for some people but it is amazing which is to be compassionate for yourself. You have made it this far in life without all these skills and abilities. Well, for most people. So pat yourself on the back. Give yourself really a kudos. Celebrate yourself, but please start bringing some compassion to life for you, for yourself. My next suggestion is, <laughs> I love this one, is to bring visualization and anticipation to the party. I do have a podcast on visualization and anticipation. It is medically documented. It's in the literature. It's in the research. And it's fun. Like It's extremely fun to bring anticipation and visualization to whatever you're creating. You know, even at work, I had a very successful launch of a new product by bringing anticipation to the party and, and setting people up for the launch. So you can really have fun with that. My next suggestion is that you begin to understand that you did not train people to treat you badly. I am well aware that there are people promoting the idea that if you're being abused, it's your fault. If you're, you are being treated badly, you cause that. I am here to say I have an entire podcast devoted to the concept. It's called, Oh No, You Did Not Train People How to Treat You. And in the beginning of that podcast, I talk about 25 different situations where you will be treated badly by someone that you have zero responsibility for, zero skin in the game. And I think it's time. And then I go through the other psychology. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's all about psychology. So you did not train someone to be abusive to you, in my opinion. And that podcast will help you. And it's quite freeing. All right. My next suggestion is one of my loves, which is emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is a broad topic with five foundational or five main categories. And everything that you do to grow emotional intelligence will help you in life. One of the areas of emotional intelligence is self-awareness. Your life would change dramatically if you became highly self-aware. We have people who lack self-awareness and because they lack self-awareness, they throw themselves under the bus with bad behavior of, of many different kinds because they're not self-aware. So emotions are your superpower. They are your superpower. The problem is we are not teaching people 
emotional intelligence. So I have several podcasts that will help you, but you won't regret that. And on the subject of emotional intelligence, and I did talk about this in one of my Newsweek articles, start using an emotional vocabulary word sheet. Emotional vocabulary word sheet. You can find emotional vocabulary word sheets online all over the internet and begin to expand your emotional vocabulary. We in society have an extremely limited emotional vocabulary as a society, in my opinion, and that will help you. My next suggestion, oh, I love, I love this one, <laughs> is to have a reward system. And I have a podcast about that, but yes, have rewards. Why would you not want rewards? Rewards will show, oh, you're making progress. Oh, look at that. I just accomplished something. Rewards are fun. And the bigger aspect of rewards is that when you're talking about changing your life or changing a habit or changing a practice or changing anything, most people are inclined to run away from change, to flee from change. That's that's human nature. That's normal. And having a reward system can help you stay in the game, stay focused, and hopefully, if you do your due diligence on creating your reward system, it will motivate you and inspire you. Now, my next piece is who can help you? I don't know if you need help in life, but I've needed lots of help in, over my lifetime. Like, seriously, you don't get through the kind of hard, terrible stuff that I've gotten through by yourself. Well, maybe you do it by yourself, but I haven't done it by myself. And I'm very grateful for what I call my rescue heroes. And we will I use that term with people with great love and affection out in public or on Facebook or wherever. Like I have had rescue heroes, people who showed up when, you know, the situation was not of my doing and rescued me. I'm not ashamed of that. Look, you can't have the things that have happened to me happen without people coming to help you. Have no shame, but who could help you and what help do you need? My next suggestion is I think it would be very, very valuable for us as society and perhaps for you as an individual to begin learning about trauma responses. Probably we have a, a great number of people who are struggling with depression and anxiety to name two of the top ones. Depression and anxiety can be trauma responses. Now, sometimes people have struggled with depression and anxiety for their whole life. And when they start to deal with trauma and look at their life, oh, how interesting. They discover that they had one or two or more traumas in their childhood and that's actually when their depression and anxiety came to life and came to formation. There's also something called trauma bonding which happens and there's a 
bigger category, which I just fell into recently, just very recently, which is betrayal trauma. And this can be helpful because this can give you freedom that if you are struggling with oh, depression, anxiety, you know, emotional manipulation, connected to your abuser and can't seem to disconnect or understand the connection. There's so many different things. It frees people up when they understand that they're literally going through a trauma response and there's like oodles and oodles of trauma responses. So that could be helpful. So that gives you a number of suggestions. And my, my final takeaways are, look, if you know what you want in life, run out and go get it. If you're at that stage where your life is, is okay or your life is good or you have most things handled and you are ready to create an end game, go do it. Woohoo. And if you're not at that place, then you simply begin bit by bit and, and take the suggestions I've offered because I promise you, if you start to work on yourself, and that could be hey, this week I'm going to dive into self-care. I am going to make self-care my number one priority. Trust me, if you really do that, that will be a big shift. You will feel differently. So bit by bit, start getting to work so that you can have this amazing life. And my, my last piece here is take someone with you, bring people into your life for love and affection and friendship and companionship, but for sure, get them roped into, hey, let's create our life. Let's create this, you know, epic journey. And let's, let's make our goal to go to Comic-Con or like, just really like have some fun with it. And then you'll be able to create an end game eventually. My last call, my last piece, which is my call to action, is to join my team. Get on my team to change the world one little piece at a time, even if it's just making sure that you bring love and affection into your life. I'll be happy with anything you do, by the way. But share this podcast and social media to help other people create their end game. That's it. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast, episode number 113. What is your end game? I sincerely hope you will consider putting together an end game for yourself. And if you're not ready for that, just dive in to growth and development and get going, get started. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe so you get the new ones automatically. And I certainly hope you will consider, seriously consider, sharing this podcast on social media to help other people. That's it. Take care for now. Love you. Bye.